Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime News and Reviews Podcast. This is your host, Speedy, and with me today are Colton and Blake. Hello! How do you do? So, uh, two episodes ago, we did the first part of Season 2 of Demon Slayer, uh, the Mugen Train arc. And then last week, we did a news episode. So, this week, we are going to continue and finish our Season 2 Demon Slayer review with the Entertainment District. As always, you can find our podcast anywhere you listen to a podcast, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever. Just search Anime News and Reviews, and you should find us. Uh, also, we are on Twitter, Anime N and R, or just search Anime News and Reviews. Uh, I think it's at Ampu Mask is our logo right now. There's our profile picture, I think. Anyway, I post new episodes if I can, if I remember to. I apologize. I'm busy. But I do my best, my darndest sometimes. Anyway. Great. Thanks, appreciate it. Let's uh, get started with this review. You're right on in. Blake, lead us into it. Yeah, so uh, one brief thing I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, So with the Mugen Train specifically, the one thing I wanted to mention, and it's literally in the actual, like, the first episode of the Mugen Train arc that I actually really appreciated that they put in there that I don't believe was there in the movie was, uh, it was when, uh, we actually see, uh, Rengoku get to the train station, uh, to investigate the train because at the moment it's still been like out of commission for repairs or something, or they just kind of docked it away. Cause it was, there were omens about it. So like, okay, we're going to dock it away for a couple weeks or so. And then by the time he gets there, like, oh, yeah, no, they finished whatever repairs it was that or whatever it was that they needed to have done on the train. And it's going to set out that night of. And he kind of forms this like little bond with these uh, vendors. This uh, it's like a grandmother and her uh, granddaughter uh, who kind of serve these various snacks to people that are at the train station, but then they'll also occasionally pull like late shifts, sometimes all nighters. And then he kind of comes to save them from this demon. Who's like, he's a really powerful demon, but he's kind of like this homicidal, like, Oh no, it's the slasher thing. And sure enough, that kind of like gives us like a window into who Rengoku's character is. And eventually he finds out about the, uh, vendors at the train station and after fighting the Hashira once before in a fight on his way to the station and surviving and next thing you know he threatens to take the lives of the vendors and sure enough Rengoku's like yeah no uh, not on my watch buddy and basically just drops the guy and then after that there's this like little brief like flashback scene and we kind of see their memories and find out that Rengoku's dad actually was the previous flame Hashira that had defended their family before had actually saved the uh, grandmother from a demon before once previously who almost died. So I thought that was a nice little touch uh, that we didn't get from the movie. Although I feel like the movie showed us some stuff that the series version also didn't like uh, Tanjiro and the gang's kind of journey to the train station which I thought was a little odd. They might as well have just kind of added that in. It would have been like eight episodes at that point. It's kind of like having them meet in the middle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, outside of that, I thought Mugen Train was solid. Um, 
that uh, sun breathing that was it that Kagero Kagero wait no oh my god what Kagero Hina Hita Kami Hinokami that's it yeah yeah sorry Kagero Hinokami Hinokami Kagura. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it turns out not fire breathing, but sun breathing, which is apparently this OG style of sword breathing, the original technique that basically started it all and is the reason that so many different variations and versions of sword breathing and fighting styles exist is because they all originated from sun breathing. And then, yeah, no, moon breathing, that's what I'm excited to see later on down the line oh i have a funny feeling at least i i hope i really do if we don't ever see it i'm like okay or does this mean we're getting a demon slayer spin off at some point in the future that's gonna be much better than something like boruto pretty please (laughs) (laughs) aniplex but no uh the entertainment district arc that was uh that was a lot of fun, I gotta say. Uh, as I had mentioned before, uh, previously before we started the uh, the podcast, I had heard someone say before previously how they didn't really spoil anything specifically, like with details, but they kind of just summed up the whole Entertainment District arc in a way that I could wrap my head around by saying, oh yeah, no, it's pretty much like Mugen Train, like that arc in the series and the story, um, except with like some variations to it. So it's kind of like a spin Mugen on the same train, thing. But different. Yeah. Mugen train, but different, but also better. I, I would like, argue. I like entertainment district more than I like. I, I, I think I like Ringoku more than I like Tekken, but same, same. It's, I still, I, I liked like watching Tengen because I feel like he did get a little bit more screen time in terms of, uh, Hashira that's fighting a, demons. I like Tengen better than Rengoku. To be 110% honest, Tengen's way cooler. Rengoku's just honorable. Tengen got more screen time. In the, I'm pretty sure Tengen had more screen time just in terms of fighting demons in general and stuff. So it, he felt the way he was introduced like he was a fairly competent you know, fighter and warrior. Rengoku, you know, kind of the same way. He kind of had I mean, that like noble, a, almost like knightly... Yeah, which almost, almost no, like, ended in a draw, almost. Not yep, quite. yep. Uh, and if he had pushed a little harder, might have even actually killed the guy. But, no, uh, but didn't. Yeah, he was close though. I mean, he was yeah, so damn he was, close. He was very close. It was, uh, I definitely, I definitely think Rengoku's stronger than him. But yeah. didn't in terms mention something similar. Well, I thought he said something about how like he, he uh, stronger, but... he. Well, I think Tengen. It was he was. There's a moment where he was doubt, uh, doubting himself toward like the last couple episodes yeah. in combat against uh, the Upper Moon Six. That's actually yeah, a duo kind of, of demons. Then he kind of realized who he was and was like, yeah. Well, he was like he was doubting himself because he was worried that he wouldn't be able to save uh, Tanjiro and his gang of younger demon slayers that he had kind of taken under his wing this whole time just to bring them to the entertainment district arc in order to 
do recon, yes, and maybe take out a demon, but also mainly, which was to for uh, Tengen to basically rendezvous with his wives and then just kind of retire from the Demon Slayer Corps and leave. So, which... I have a question for you two. Yeah. For when you were first going into Entertainment District. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so they... Did you think... Jesus. I, hold on, my question. Sorry, it's just the so, beginning of it. <laughs> let's go past the beginning of episode one. After Tanjiro, Inosuke, and Zenitsu are like, yeah, we're gonna go with you. And Tengen's like, alright, we're going to the Entertainment District, Red Light District in some translations. What were you guys expecting was going to happen? Or where they were going? Not gonna lie, I personally expected like, number one, I assume... I was surprised that that that's where they were going to be honest well i figured it was going to be like a hardcore like you know tv ma scenario where it's like okay for at least this one particular story we're going to go like extra dark by making it the red light district essentially which for anyone who's not familiar with what a red light district is essentially a place where uh a very popular thing there is to uh Shake your booty. for a certain Shake adult prostitution is there. Yes. There are prostitutes, yes. There are sex workers. And the most beautiful are obviously Sumiko, Zenko, and Inoko, obviously. They are the most beautiful. Yeah, so the sound Hashira finds three people that are willing to join him on his mission sure enough and we all know who it's our boys <laughs> our boys they're coming through god and yeah so we find out Tengen Uzui he's the sound Hashira and he actually has a very unique look and for an actually kind of decent reason so he originally was a shinobi before joining the Demon Slayer Corps and if and you know anything so, about this podcast, you know we like our shinobi. Our ninjas, baby. Woo! So basically... Parcel of pirates, but yeah. Shinobis, it's kind of vaguely touched Same. on, kind of mainly through Tengen's own story and character and kind of his own you know, flashbacks during this arc. And it's kind of mentioned how essentially most of his family, like he originally had a lot of siblings, but then they'd all kind of been killed off until it was just him and uh, one of his younger brothers. But his younger brother and the way he had been raised was kind of more almost like a spitting image of his own dad. And, you know, very strict and hard person who had to make a lot of tough decisions and stuff like that, you know, someone who can make the tough call kind of person. And they kind of hard themselves to the world because if they didn't, they their clan would probably not survive in the process. And so we find out basically that shinobis are essentially now, after all of that loss and bloodshed, almost a thing of the past. And uh, originally before, I think it was when Tingen was 15, uh, his father or family, what have you, had originally already previously prearranged for the marriage of multiple women to Tengen because uh, polygamy is a practice of shinobi culture in the series there. Um, in which basically it's kind of done in order to kind of help preserve the uh, survival of the future 
of Shinobi by making sure members of separate Shinobi clans are able to produce multiple offspring from multiple women, but they don't also choose just any women either. It's usually these uh, Kanoichi, so essentially just uh, female ninjas. And um, I believe they do originally come from either the same clan or like similar clans, and they just kind of, I'm not sure how that whole process works exactly, but yeah, so basically... Tengen, he we find out he is married not only to one woman but three, <laughs> and then Zenitsu just loses his <laughs> just the comedy between Zenitsu and Tengen. Oh my god! Like literally for like the first almost third of this arc, I was like, you know what, Zenitsu is actually kind of improving as a character, and you know what, I don't mind seeing it. Hey, hey, hey! Like- he's literally my favorite. So back off. Well, it's like, you know, people used to give him shit for being, you know, the annoying character, at least in season one. And with where we are now, it's like, it's nice to see my boy improve a bit, you know. Character development. Growth. You know why I identify with Zenetsu so much is because he's like the... No, he's the annoying person that talks too much and is so loud and is just obnoxious. Like, not obnoxious in, like, the terms of Inosuke, but, like... Just like he's loud and like annoying, and that's me at work every day. People are like, "Dude, what kind? What do you eat?" And I'm like, "I just drink water and Mountain Dew, man." Like, <laughs> but I'm like hyper every single day, and I'm like super loud, and I'm super like, I guess the anxiety too, because I'm always like worried about the stupidest things, whatever. But like, maybe not so much crybaby-ish like Zenitsu, but dude, I promise he's, and I'm only really good at one thing so but i can't say that on here i know know that feel (laughs) you know what i'm saying i'm pretty i'm I'm good at one thing dude pretty decent at it and i've you know and so it's like i saw that and i'm like dude this dude this dude's not a complete badass you know what i'm saying that like like asta who you know doesn't have any magic, but yet can do a thousand push-ups like it's nothing. I cannot even do a single push-up because my shoulder's fucked. So it's like, but seeing Zenetsu just be able, you know what I'm saying? But he's a little better off mastering his craft than I am mine, but he's in an anime, so it doesn't count too much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's he's got better time frames, okay? Yeah. And uh, he doesn't have to have a job like us and pay taxes. Well, it's like when they did the whole, all right, you guys want to come to the entertainment district with me to do some recon, that's fine, I have my own little place here, or whatever. It's like, okay, before we send the three of you in, let's... Don't Can you we guys talk about sitting? how... It's like, uh, geisha makeup, but it's supposed to be like, make. they're supposed to look like makeshift geishas, and they're supposed to kind of pell themselves off as women, even though we know they're not, and... Literally, pretty much, almost all three of them look extremely ridiculous. It's just I, I oh, want to say one thing. God, easily, the worst part of having to endure what? through the first part of the series was those like first two or three episodes. Oh, What's God. the uh, insect Hashira? What's her name again? Shinobu. 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 Dude, so when he's walking away with old girl. And she's like, Shinobu, help me! And she's like debating on flipping a coin or not. Oh, you're talking about and, Sorry. Yeah, bro. That that scene when she's like looking at her and looking at the coin, and then she has that little flashback oh of Tanjiro. Yeah. Bro, I was like, dude, save your pupil. What are you doing? 
<laughs> and she's just like, I don't want to piss Tenzin off, but I got to save her. But I'm going to believe it. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, dude, that is cool. That's hard to, but I was just like, I just, dude, that's so, that was so funny to me. Moment with Tanjiro, though. Yeah, that you know, yeah, that just shows you his impact on people's lives. True. And then friggin' yeah, and so we find out, I guess, Tengen's wives, um, his ninja wives, ninja female, female ninja wives, is Kanoichi. Damn it, I keep because Kanoichi's like hitting me in the back of the head. I'm like, dictionary definition, baseline definition. I'm like, okay, yeah. There's a word for Words. it. <laughs> yeah, no, so his wives, who happen to be ninjas, um, so the three of them have infiltrated the Entertainment District arc, but they've basically gone radio silence for a suspiciously long while at this point, to the point that he himself is worried that something may have happened to them. And oh. so, uh, sure enough, uh, you know what? His hunch was actually kind of right. Who would have guessed? Um, so... He sends these three to separate, what, what would you call it, like, clan houses or something like that? So, like, there's these separate different houses. Brothels. Yeah, yeah different brothels that are owned by different families. And they all, like, have a bunch of, like, I guess what you would call, I guess, would-be, maybe, geishas, sort of. But then there's always, like, there's, like, the main geisha, like the head geisha who kind of runs the show behind the scenes in each of these houses, sort of. But, like, each one has a different personality. That's kind of the vibe I got. And originally, I was, yeah, originally when I saw that, I was like, okay, well, okay, so there's three sort of, like, clans, families in charge of these three separate brothels here that they're trying to infiltrate in order to blend in and do some recon to find these, uh, ninjas these kanoichi um and i think at one point i remember they kind of like tease us with like this one room that i believe was in uh the house that zenitsu ended up going to and like sort of the running gag behind this whole thing is you know so tanjiro they're kind of like eh, it doesn't look that great for what we do here but you know we'll take him anyway because he's not the worst i guess He's a hard worker, and, and he's yeah. honest. And then, freaking Anosuke, they're like, oh my god, she's beautiful. They, they Literally, when they said they ruined you by putting makeup on, I was like, oh my god, he is handsome. And, yeah, no. and then, I was like, uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> and then, freaking Zenitsu, oh my. I was like, they did my boy so freaking dirty here. <laughs> Dude, I felt so bad for him. And... Uh, they're like, oh, he's the ugliest, he's the worst of the whole three of the bunch, like, who the hell would want him? And then sure enough, we find out he did make his way into a house, and now he's learning, he's learning how to play, uh, what's that instrument? Oh, my. I don't it's know like the it guitar, but it's got, like, only three strings uh, on it. The shamisen. Yeah, and yeah. so he's kind of, you kind of see him, you know, start clacking away, and at first he's kind of doing, like, a really slow tune. And then all of a sudden, there's speed up. No, he said, I gotta get into this house. Like, freaking dueling bandits. Yeah, he's straight up this, like, freaking Yingwei, Malmsteen, and a couple other guitarists all rolling to one, just shredding this freaking three string. Just don't Like, sure enough, he ends up becoming, like, this talented musician in sort of the whole red light, the geisha scene, if you will. 
It's like, well, you know what? She might not be a looker, but she can play this 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 one instrument, this baby right here, like nobody's freaking business. I was like, all right. Homie shredded <laughs> Good it. for him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know what? Who needs looks when you got just pure talent like that right there? Some talent, some passion. Not passion, just pure hatred at the fact that he was seen as the least attractive. <laughs> Zenith uh, has musical talent, though. I mean, yeah, no, play anything after hearing it once. Ah, uh, man. Just completely shred on the shamisen. Like, yeah. I was like, you know what? <laughs> That's so far been the best moment out of this, like, start to the this arc. <laughs> eventually it kind of gets to the point where they do the investigative bit where the three of them actually when it's daybreak decide to check out their uh, houses these brothels for anything suspicious any signs of a struggle perhaps or where these uh, wives of Tenzin's might be and so they assume that there's hopefully one of them in each of their separate houses, because I believe originally the houses that they got sent to were the ones that he had sent his wives to originally to investigate and blend in. Um, and then sure enough, at one point, you see kind of like this room where there's like a door. I believe this is during Zenitsu's part of the investigation, and he's kind of looking around his own house, and he starts forming these bonds with some of the girls that work there, these little like friendships with them, and he kind of becomes a little protective of them. Um, and that's a whole thing, but, um, and Inosuke, he ends up doing this whole awkward thing, is he ends up seeing this, uh, because of his, uh, senses and his, uh, beast breathing, he's kind of able to, like, almost, to a certain degree, he's kind of able to either, like, see through walls, or, like, kind of be able to, like, smell through walls, so smell vision or something like that, where he's kind of, like, Tizen said don't talk. Yeah. And so he... Starts like headbutting his way through different like portions of wall because he sees this like demon scarf thing that he's able to sense that's like in between the walls of this house of his house, and so he gets a lock on it and he starts following through the house, albeit extremely chaotically, to the point that it's concerning all of the other women in the house, and then just ends up like trying to push his head through the wall that the scarf disappeared into. And then he kind of loses track of it. And then he's kind of left to deal with the fallout from everything he just did to the house. And then Andrew attempts to perform an investigation, but doesn't really get any results there. And so kind of after him and Inosuke are finished doing their whole thing, they make a plan to rendezvous at a later point. Uh, them and... Zenitsu, the three of them originally, but then so the two of them are the only ones that really end up showing for reasons that we'll get to in a minute. So then Zenitsu, he performs his part of the investigation. Grand, this is all happening around the same time for all three of them. And then he is able to, I think with Zenitsu, it's instead of, so Inosuke, he kind of has his senses and smell as, from his beast breathing. Whereas Zenitsu's is more, he can hear certain sounds from very far away if he hones in and focuses in on his hearing. And so he uses that to his advantage and swears that he hears something going on in one of the uh, upper levels of the uh, brothel, which he starts making his way to, and he ends up hearing crying. And so he goes up there to investigate, and then I think at one point we end up kind of like seeing this... Uh, 
it was during daybreak and we saw this room that's kind of opened up on some level somewhere in one of these houses. We don't know which one it is exactly yet. And it shows, I believe, Machio, who's kind of like the uh, middle wife. Not midwife, but just kind of the just kind of like the second down the line. So uh, he has three wives, Hinatsuru, the one with the ponytail. So she's the oldest. She's 21. And then Makio, so she's 20. Has like the blonde, like tips on each side of her hair. And then there's a Suma who kind of has, I'm not really sure what you'd call it, but it's kind of like a shorter cut of like, just like dark brunette hair. So she's 19. So she's the youngest of the three. And originally I thought it was Machia that we kind of like saw, but it looked like she had previously been kind of like interrogated and maybe possibly tortured a little bit. And she's just kind of like hanging there, either her or possibly Hinatsuru. Uh, just kind of hanging there in the grips of these like demonic fabrics or whatever it is. It didn't it didn't specify the room. in the anime? Well, originally I thought it was Machia based on the animation of the character. I'm just, I'm not 100% sure, but I thought it was Makio who oh, and the, showed in that room with, like, all the... the flat out says it's Makio. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so... Yeah, so Makio's the one they kind of, they tease with, like, that sinister look into that room, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, she's, like, you know, tied up in these, like, demon garbs, and clearly looks like she sustained some kind of torture in this darkened room during daybreak, and there's not a whole lot of light coming through, and and sure enough, that's when you're kind of given the impression, okay, something's going on here, clearly. And, um... Oh, man. I don't remember how ex- what exactly happened next after that. I know... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Umi? Or is it Ume, originally? But, uh, so Daki, who's kind of... She's the demon that we're kind of, is given sort of the most focus during the first like two parts of the story here in the Entertainment District arc. So she is a demon, and she's also one of the uh, kind of these head geishas that I mentioned before earlier uh, in one of these houses, so specifically. Actually, um, first of all, her name as this character is uh, Wadibihime, <clears throat> but. They're technically Oidons, not Geishas. Oidons are like Oidons. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay so then, yeah. So they're they're little Oidons. Um. But yeah, mentioned before, they kind of help to keep the peace around the brothel, what have you. Uh, with all the other working uh, girls. <clears throat> just a little um. Uh, education. For uh, you and the audience as well. Um, Ooh. Just the difference between geishas and oedons. Um, geishas were more performative hosts, kind of. So uh, they would interact with the guests and stuff and treat them kindly. They were hosts, but they were like performing and they would like perform acts as well sometimes. Um, but the difference between them and oedons is oedons were essentially just prostitutes. Um, during okay, the so... Edo, I might be wrong about the period. Um, could be Meiji. So then, but Daki the is one of these. Daki is an Oidon, which is one of the prostitutes. Yes. Okay. All right. Different for the geisha. Okay, so she's kind of like the, I guess the head prostitute. Then she's in this the case, most famous one. 
Yes. So each of these houses is known for at least, you know, like one of these, like, you know, big popular kind of, you know, the more famous Wadon. And so Daki, the demon who happens to be an upper rank demon, the uh, upper six of the 12 moons. Yep. Upper moon six and number six. Isn't it really the... uh... Yes, yes. Because But then you also have to subtract the other six, yeah, they, so it's really seven. They, they work around that somehow, <laughs> some way, narratively. <clears throat> numbers are just numbers, it's fine. Yeah. Totally little sneak. It's fine. <laughs> but uh yeah, so Daki, so she is the kind of the Weidon of Zenitsu's uh house. And so it would be he goes to investigate the crying that he's hearing because he assumes, you know, oh no, what if it's one of Tenzin's wives or maybe someone's hurt? And so he goes to investigate. And sure enough, it's uh, one of the working girls at the house who has apparently done something wrong to upset Daki extremely. And so now she's kind of serving out, I guess, a previous punishment. And it's just kind of crushed her spirits essentially. So. Daki's portray as being just this like really cruel, ruthless, heartless uh Oidon at her house behind the scenes, who's able to wear like almost a perfect mask when she's impersonating an actual human. And so she shows up and sees Zenitsu trying to console this girl and help her. And sure enough, Zenitsu and her kind of get into it, kind of a little, let's just say, differing philosophies, if you will, kind of clashing here. And he's like, okay, well, can you just, like, not do that? She's like, excuse me? What gives, like, like, ugly trash like you, essentially, the right to speak to me? And she, for her, it's always this whole, that's kind of like a running theme with her throughout the whole Entertainment District arc is this whole, I'm, I'm beautiful, or I'm the most beautiful, and no one's allowed to like interact or talk with me in any way, shape, or form whatsoever, and ugly people are beneath me, and ugly people don't taste good, and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, sweet Jesus, here we go. Okay, so we have the beauty-obsessed demon, alright. And, um, yeah, so he and her kind of get into a scuffle and then we kind of go back to the whole meeting that was supposed to take place after everybody investigated their houses. So Tanjiro and Inosuke have met up, but then they're like, well, where's Zenitsu? It's, he's not shown up. What's going on? So sure enough, they're like, okay, well, that can't be a good thing. Can't possibly be a good thing. And so sure enough, they, uh, end up reporting back to Tenzin. He's like, okay, well, it's time to get ready, guys. <laughs> the good news is, it seems like we've managed to narrow down where the demon in the entertainment district is. Because the whole time, throughout this whole thing, you know, Tundra's been doing the whole usual, you know, his sense of smell, and I can smell a demon here, a really powerful one, the scent of blood. And, uh,. Yeah, so they, the three of them, Tengen, Tanjiro, and Inosuke, so they all kind of set out to investigate during the night. And kind of start making their way towards uh, Zenitsu's 
place. I'm pretty sure it was Tantra that was going to go to Zainsu's house, and then, or, yeah, and then Inosuke and Tenken were kind of doing their own little recons during the night. And so then Tanjiro shows up at Zenitsu's place looking for him. Clearly doesn't find him, but has the feeling that something is very off. Something's definitely wrong in that particular house. And uh, sure enough, uh, at some point, he finally in the night gets there, gets to kind of the Oidon's, Daki's room, essentially, at the house. Uh, only to surprisingly find it empty oh wait was it Tengen that originally got to Zenitsu's I, think I can't remember was, was it Tengen or was it Tanjiro that got to Daki's place uh, Tanjiro I believe okay because I remember it was one of them originally yeah they like Tengen so they still looking for yeah, Kate went into Daki's room and found it, like, empty, you know, no lights were on, nothing. It was completely dark, and the window was open. Yeah. And yeah, that was so then Tanjiro, as he's kind of investigating the room, kind of hears this voice behind him coming from outside and one of the rooftops across the way. And sure enough, it's Daki, and then he sees, turns around, looks, and sees her. And then she kind of sheds her human outfit for her current outfit for her demon character and I'm like you know what that I'm not gonna lie that may or may not be a little in the awkward like fan servicey bit of the arc here because my god there's no way any of that's practical <laughs> <laughs> so she's like wearing these like I don't even know what you would call it it's like a cross between yoga pants and some like pantyhose or something but it like we'll comes up to relate to like we'll a point and then it stops yeah. and then she's wearing like this strange see I don't even want to call it like actual underwear because to me it almost seemed like it was an actual like a two piece bathing suit or something at least for the bottom portion and then kind of the way it wraps around kind of down both sides of her chest uh, for the top half of the outfit. Hearing you and... describe women's clothing is fun. <laughs> yes, this I am having as much fun with it as well. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Uh, and then freaking so she... And originally I thought she was wearing socks for like the longest time, like between like whatever her shoes are. It's like these massive platform, platform clog things that just don't seem practical to wear or move in at all and then I found out she was actually like basically barefoot while wearing them so they're like flip flops but not flip flops Please but they're like cartoonish they're like cartoonishly large sandal flip flop <laughs> things and I'm over here like uh, I mean so okay fashion school. yeah yeah at, at the same time it's like okay a demon who's a prostitute who takes pride in being the prettiest and also possibly the most attractive. I get it. I see what they're trying to do here. I mean, I really, I really do. Uh, but God damn. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, so she takes great pride in that and they kind of dress her up to almost look the part of this like just, yeah, evil, maniacal, homicidal prostitute who will potentially 
fuck your brains out and then basically like massacre you into just like a pool of gore. That was the vibe I got when I saw her like in her actual original. That's one way to go out. Character accurate outfit. And this is even before like her hair starts turning white. Like when she's still got her brunette hair thing going on. But yeah, so she kind of gets the drop on Tanjiro, sort of, but not quite. And then he kind of turns around to face her, to meet her. And so kind of, you know, leading up to this, we have this, you know, brief little training montage between Inosuke and Zenitsu and Tanjiro before starting the entertainment arc, before they decide to join up with Tengen. And they have been training their asses off, like Inosuke had originally said they should do at the end of Mugen Train. And so kind of that kind of ends up being a running theme throughout the rest of the entertainment arc is, uh, you know, what was all that training for if we can't even stop a freaking upper moon demon? Not even a single one. And so that's kind of the thing that weighs on Tanjiro's mind a lot, especially during this whole thing, too, is uh, just kind of the idea of being able to stop at least one upper demon, even if it's together or by himself. But he's like, I need to do this for my sake, for character development's sake. In order for me to grow as a person, to become stronger, I have to do this. Otherwise, I will die right here, and I can't afford that. And especially after the loss of Rengoku, which they clearly all took pretty hard. Like, they're still reeling from it and still kind of mourning the guy, and you feel it during this whole arc. I'm still mourning him. What are you talking about? Oh, man, my guy. My boy. Don't my boy. Dude, I'm still missing the loss of the yeah, That was the thing that I skipped over. Damn it. So, sorry. Uh, at the beginning for the Entertainment District arc, we did forget to mention there's like this brief interaction where Tanjiro actually has to do what is arguably the worst part of the whole thing, which is having to report the death to the family. So kind of what sometimes cops may have to do, actually, if they're able to get a positive ID is going to the house or doorstep not the loved ones of the deceased and then basically like reporting that they died and how they died and that stuff yeah. so basically Tanjiro and crew have the very unfortunate task of having to do this and Tanjiro is kind of the one who ends up kind of leading the charge on that and decides to do it personally uh, on his own I believe and so he visits Rengoku's family residence Bumps into his younger brother and tells him the news of what had unfortunately happened. And man, if you you want to talk about just freaking reopening the wound and just like right after finishing Mugen Train and then having to go into that, like still mourning, like, come on, man, just let the kid, let the kid be a kid just a little longer. Come on. And God, no, having a chatter this the anime him shattering his whole world like that. I'm like, God damn. And then you hear his whole story is like his spiel, if you will, about how he's not really a good swordsman, even though his brother and his father both tried to train him and just wasn't very successful with it. And how he basically just kind of gave up on the idea of ever becoming a swordsman. And I'm like, Oh, this is hurting me so much right in my core. Demon Slayer core. <laughs> God. Uh, no, and just hearing all that and thinking, okay, clearly the younger brother is inspired by Rock Lee somehow. That's just got to be the case, right? The whole, I'm not good at anything except for maybe this one thing, but damn it. I think it's a... I'm not about to quit. 
I think it's pretty common. Uh, yeah, no, it, yeah. But I, I will say I did kind of get like a low key. It was a very, very, very That's low nice. key rock leave, just a twinge of rock Lee That when I started hearing his whole his younger brother's backstory and everything that he'd been through and all that, you kind of see the fallout a little bit more. So. We see Warren Goku's dad, like, actually his face, I'm pretty sure, this time. Like, we actually see the whole character reveal. And, uh, turns out, turn, uh, the guy is actually a bit of a dick. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a, a bit of a drunk. Kind of has, you know, the old classic alcoholic abusive parent. Yeah. With, like, a thing of sake in hand or what have you. And so then Tanjiro proceeds to tell the father of what happened and that he, what his original mission was in coming to Rengoku's family residence and their whole scuffle that ensues because he wanted to learn the secrets of uh, flame breathing or anything pertaining to flame breathing or possibly sun breathing. And then sure enough, you know, he goes to try to find any books on the subject after speaking with uh, Rengoku's younger brother only to find out that one of them had clearly been torn out by the dad the one that he was the most important arguably for what he wanted to know about everything and yeah his uh, him and Rengoku's dad kind of get into a bit of a scuffle after he starts hearing him talk the way he does about his uh, firstborn son the eldest of the two brothers uh, and just, to be fair, I think Tanjiro is totally in the right there. Uh, regardless of it, whether or not you may or may not agree with the way he acted or handled the situation, I think Tanjiro was definitely, I think, in the collective mindset that we all were of, like, how dare you disrespect him <laughs> after everything he just did Yeah. for all those people, and especially in front of his younger brother. And so they kind of get into a scuffle, and then sure enough, at a certain point in the day, he finally kind of leaves the residence again to go out and get more sake. And so that's when Tanjiro and the younger brother reconvene again, and they kind of have the, you know this heart-to-heart, and, you know, sorry about what happened, but, you know, he was a really good man, and he instilled a lot of good values in you, and you should uh, cherish him, love him, remember him, but also try to follow his example if you can, but also make your own path along the way. You don't necessarily have to be a swordsmith or swordsman. And kind of, you know, trying to end it on as happy of a note as they can, given everything else. And then, sure enough, we do kind of get, like, a little bit of a little bit of a narrative story, like, moment that pays all of that off, pays it back toward the end of the Entertainment District arc. And so then after all that whole thing goes on, uh, Tanjiro makes his way with, with the rest of the gang, you know, once again to the uh, Entertainment District Arc after their whole training sesh. Um, and also during that brief kind of break in the story between the two arcs, uh, there was a moment where the dad had mentioned in his kind of drunk, half-drunken stupor slash rage uh, to Tanjiro about sun breathing. He's like, ah, those, uh, you know, mainly because of the earrings that Tanjiro wears, because he's not sure why, you know, so many humans and demons alike are recognizing, not him specifically, but the um, earrings that he wears uh, that were a gift, and I guess were kind of a part of just him and his family, his clan. 
Because I got Don't You Know, the person who wore those rings, the person that I knew of in stories of old, of this clan from way back in the day who invented the first ever breathing technique and arguably the most powerful sword breathing technique, sun breathing. It's like, ah, so this is the origin of breathing techniques and how every other variation on some kind of sword breathing, so either sound breathing, beast breathing, it all is based on some variation of breathing techniques that originated with sun breathing. And then that gave birth to all the other cells later on down the line as the years went by. Like water breathing, and then you have mist breathing, I think was a thing. Yeah, if I remember correctly, which was there was like a combination of like water and wind possibly or something like that. Something like that. So it's like a, a blending of two sword breathing techniques in order to create one that's unique from the blending of the two. And it's kind of just all these different offshoots of breathing techniques that exist out there that either people know about or possibly don't know about. But that came from the whole sun breathing thing. And so with all that knowledge, yeah, he, yeah. So does beast breathing. Interesting. Yeah. I have a little thing. Huh? Sweet. Yeah. So he ends up leaving with all that knowledge and feeling that he did the best he could to console the family and let them be informed of the death of Rengoku, unfortunately. And, Arguably, that they may the world may have possibly lost the last ever Flame Hashira, which is very disheartening to think about. True. Uh, and uh, yeah, so he kind of goes on his way, meets up with the rest of the guys, and they do their whole training montage, and then hey, Tenzin, yeah, you want to yeah, but a little bit. fast forward, and we're here, back in the entertainment district arc. So. Yeah, Tanjiro ends up engaging in a fight with Daki, and originally he's trying to uh, post-training and everything. He's like, hopefully this will help, because at the moment he's convinced that the Hino Kame Kagura, his uh, sun-breathing technique that he uses, is the only way now to kind of push forward and hopefully have enough power and physical power, raw power and strength to uh, destroy... Hopefully not just one upper moon demon, but possibly all of them. He feels like this is the technique that's going to get him there. And so he kind of puts and invests all of his time and effort and energy into making sure that his body is physically capable of withstanding this one specific breathing form, this one specific technique from sun breathing. But the problem with it is that it takes an extremely massive physical toll on his own body and his stamina. And so he can't use it very often. He's kind of... Imagine when Sasuke learned how to use Chidori, but then he learned how to use it a couple more times than just twice. That's basically what this felt like to me. So he learned this really powerful technique that takes a toll on his physical body when he uses it, but he can definitely use it a lot more than Sasuke could with the Chidori technique. So... He ends up using the Hinokami Kagura when he can find the opportunity or an opening to use it when he's fighting Daki. But then he's kind of taken aback because of this sort of demon-like fabric that she has. And it turns out she doesn't even have all them attached to her. It's kind of like this weapon that she uses alongside herself when fighting other demon slayers and Hashiras. And that she kind of ends up going along the whole arc bragging about how she's killed X amount of Hashiras 
And we don't even know who they were or what their breathing techniques were, or their names. Just they keep giving us numbers of supposed Hashiras that she and another person, her brother that we meet later, had killed. Um, but yeah, originally we're kind of under the impression that Daki is kind of the only demon here in the entertainment district arc. And so you start thinking to yourself, okay, this will be freaking cake. It's just one upper moon lower arguably in rank demon it's the lowest of the uppers it's upper six this should be cake we got a hashira we got characters with hopefully at least for now some version of plot armor that's going to keep them alive a, a little bit longer that's all you need right just these four right here and then eventually the knoichi maybe they'll be able to join in if they survive i originally thought they were going to actually not ha having read the manga and kind of going into the anime blindly thinking, you know, what these wives of Tengen's might not actually make it out of this story arc alive. And, uh... Wait, there's more. Yep. <laughs> and so we find out, kind of, as this whole thing's going on, uh, so at one point, Tengen, so he uses his uh, sound techniques to kind of do, like, a sort of echolocation of sorts to kind of into the physical, like, ground of the entertainment district to see if there's any, like, underground passages or something, because he feels like he senses something that's a little hanky, it's a little off. And, uh... I believe at one point he, like, slashes at the ground with his two massive swords, which I have to say I loved the, uh, blades that he has as a Demon Slayer from the Demon Slayer core is, like, two dual large attached with like a chain Nichirin swords and his own like outfit says destroy on the back and then it has the classic you know embedded into the Nichirin Hashira swords uh, destroyer of demons which I just I love that and uh, so he takes both of them and he does this massive like strike at the ground it's like a dual slash and there's this massive explosion and then you see it like actually in the air and I think at one point, Inosuke was like, oh shit, <laughs> there's the Hasher, <laughs> wonder what he's up to. <laughs> and I know at one point, I'm pretty sure, Inosuke, so he was like on some kind of a lead. And so he ends up at some point, I don't remember specifically how, I don't remember if it was him and the Sound Hasher or both or what, but... I know at one point it felt like literally the Sound Hashira and Inosuke were trying to be like one and the same person, essentially. And just the humor around that was beyond hysterical. It's like, oh, really? I'm coming through. I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, sure enough, he uh, gets underground, uh, both Tengen and Inosuke, but Inosuke you know, doing his own separate thing. So he makes it underground and he finds, you know, all these scarves from the scarf that he was originally tracking as house back when he was undercover as a working girl and discovers these trails of, uh, basically he's not aware of it yet, but it's like this demonic fabric essentially. And the real kicker here is that the demonic fabric actually is capable of, capturing the essence of and therefore trapping a still living breathing human being and that the only way to release them from the fabric and back into the real world as a living breathing human being is to cut the fabric in a certain way so that it's almost like 
you're turning the fabric into kind of like almost a it's like a it's like a noodle for pasta but it's like you know how like macaroni noodles have like that hole in the middle sometimes so it's basically like you're turning this fabric into a pseudo macaroni noodle but without the curve because what happens is once you cut the fabric it kind of releases this like air pocket essentially that's there but you don't really see it but then that's like enough of an opening to cause the person to basically slide out of the fabric and back out into reality as a real person so it's kind of this like mystical sci-fi whatever stuff and yeah so he starts kind of attempting to cut all this uh fabric and i think at one point he saw not only that uh, one or two of Tingen's wives, I believe it was Makio and Suma were in there. And I don't remember where Hinatsuru was. I think she originally was one of the wives that Tingen had kind of ran into originally. Saw that she was still alive, but that she was injured. And so he took her to this kind of a just like empty bedroom in a building somewhere in the entertainment district arc during nightfall. And, uh, kind of just put her there so that she could rest and recover. And originally I thought she was going to die, and I was like, oh, don't tell me his wives are going to die. Like, look, man, we're still reeling from Rengoku. We don't really need this right now, okay? <laughs> and uh, sure enough, Inosuke, so he ends up freeing pretty much everybody else, so all the other Kanoichi, uh, as well as everyone else that had been captured by Daki. Um, so he helps to free them, and Tengen then proceeds to kind of, you know, go off and continue the search, looking for the fight. Uh, meanwhile, Tanjiro's fighting Daki, and he's trying his damnedest to kind of, you know, get the edge on her, and then finally, you know, she starts mentioning something about uh, wanting to hurt more people, because up to this point, Tanjiro's been trying to hold back a little bit in their fight, because he doesn't want to damage any nearby buildings, and he doesn't want to, you know, make a racket and wake up all these people that are trying to sleep in the Entertainment District arc. Uh, or just the Entertainment District. And, uh... So, sure enough, you know, he tries using the Hinokami Kagura while also trying to do that, and ends up kind of basically just falling short, like, right when he seems like he's about to cut her head off. Because uh, he has this moment where, you know, he's kind of raging out, essentially, and he feels like he's running on empty, and he's so pissed off that his training wasn't able to pay off, and he just wanted to beat this upper rank so bad. And all of a sudden, something happens involving his uh, scar on his forehead after they were kind of showing us a flashback of how he allegedly got that from, like, his mom or something after she headbutted a boar once. And so, kind of the running joke of Tantra's got a, you know, really massive forehead or whatever, well, now we actually see that scar, that marking, that look on his forehead actually start to kind of change, and we start to see Tantra kind of have his own, like, little, you know, Naruto, the first time the nine-tailed fox kind of took hold of his body, and he kind of had harnessed to that energy and that power, kind of giving into his anger a little bit. And we actually start to see, like, some, like, blood appear in the whites of Tanjiro's eyes, like, oh shit, is Homie straight up, like, tugging on every single blood vessel in his body, and did some of them actually just, like, collapse bro, when under, I saw the under blood, the pressure? I was like, holy shit. Yeah, bro, when I saw the blood start coming out of his eye, I was like, dude, this dude is going above and beyond to, right now. He one. needs to chill. He's going ham right like, now. God, so then he ends up 
fighting Docky in this like well because I think originally before that what had happened was so Docky after they were kind of having this little exchange this back and forth him trying to stop her he figures that this is her at her full power the version that he's fighting of her now and so then she has this moment where she like climbs up on this building and he had made some kind of a remark I think about like her looks or her beauty or how beauty is and everything and he just kind of kept hammering that point home you know what gives you the right to play God the usual you know self-righteous protagonist stuff and they're kind of having the you know this philosophical you know this morality battle of words you know kind of this back and forth and uh at a certain point during the fight um one of the owners i think it's one of the owners of either the houses or just someone who owns some of the property in the entertainment district so he ends up coming out after hearing this fight that's been going on, complaining about the racket. And sure enough, at this point, Docky has basically gone like full sicko mode. And so her hair actually ends up turning white because I guess she's apparently been given some of Muzan Kibitsuji's blood. And so now she's like roided out upper six demon. And now we're thinking, oh, this has to be it. This has to be the threat for the entertainment district arc, right? This is just it. This is just Docky. Okay, cool. Cake. So then the guy comes. Yeah. Yeah, because at this point, I was like, bro, Tintin's bodying her. Especially all of them together. Yeah, dude. At this point, I was like, bro, let Tintin get out of this. And he's literally gonna drop this bitch like it's hot. And like let yeah. this happen. Like he's not there yet, so maybe that's why it's going on. You know this long, and then when yeah. he shows up, yep, yep. Plot twist. Then, uh, yeah. So then she ends up going full sicko mode. Literally not long after this guy decides to have the audacity to come outside and bitch and complain about some of the noise. Like, bro, Tantro is telling you right now to get the fuck back and to get everybody inside. Maybe you should have led with that and just listen to him the guy who has a fucking sword out aimed at a person clearly there's something going on here yeah but no no it doesn't nobody wants to listen to the kid nobody wants to hear him out until obviously it's too fucking late and now we get to see this massive brutal display of Docky's newfound power now that her hair's gone completely white with like these green tips at the end and so she straight up is like, oh, you thought I was holding back before. And so then she ends up connecting basically all of the uh, original other severed pieces of her demon cloth all returned to her now. And so you figure, okay, now she's complete. Now this is the full roided out Daki. This is, this is the only threat left for the entertainment district dark, and then that's that. Okay, cool. So she goes full sicko mode. She unleashes this like really powerful, almost lightning fast uh, demon cloth attack essentially that ends up going across this entire street block and ends up slashing all these buildings to pieces end up slashing a couple of people to pieces it even ends up getting tondro pretty good in his shoulder and i originally thought oh shit she almost like straight up cut tondro in half goddamn and the uh guy who was complaining before earlier so Tondro kind of tried to get in the way to make sure that he didn't get cut down and sure enough the guy still ended up losing his uh, left hand so hopefully he wasn't a lefty otherwise that's really gonna suck 
And uh, yeah, you see just all the carnage and destruction, all these buildings that have been destroyed. Some of the people in the buildings who were either killed from the uh, the silk cloth going so fast and severing things. Like I remember, there's you see quite a few bloodied and just massacred bodies of innocents, and just all these buildings that are destroyed, all this concrete that's on the ground and everything. And they keep lingering a couple of times during the whole fight at this point between Tanjiro and Daki. Uh, this one particular, I don't know if it was a geisha specifically or if it was a working girl or maybe it was just a like a spouse or a significant other of maybe like a client or someone who just happened to be visiting the entertainment district arc or someone that lived there. But you see this woman kind of holding this person who's close to her. It's either a brother or maybe a boyfriend or a husband possibly. And just kind of just clinging to his dead body. We know that he ain't getting up because of all the blood that's markings that's on his body. And then you actually see there's this like slash in his neck where like, girl, his head is barely hanging on. He dead. <laughs> you just, you gotta let him go. You gotta moor him, let him go and get the hell out of there. And so sure enough, uh, they end up uh, putting together... Because uh, when Inosuke was doing his thing with the demon wrapping and cloth earlier, he wasn't only freeing a bunch of the trapped citizens there, and as well as Ten, uh, Tenzin's other wives, uh, but he also managed to free Zenitsu as well, who had become trapped in the demon fabric of Daki's. And so now it's Zenitsu and Inosuke, as well as the other Kanoichi. At this point, I believe Hinatsuru hadn't fully recovered yet, but she had put on her uh, Kanoichi clothes on anyway, and proceeded to kind of go out and try and help the best she could, despite her state of being. So she's slowly trying to make her way to wherever she believes Sinzen is, or where all the action's going down. Meanwhile, Makio and Suma, uh, Tenzin's other two Kanoichi wives, so those two ninjas end up helping Zenitsu and Inosuke to try to help evacuate the rest of the remaining citizens and so they kind of end up leaving that task to Suma and Makio later on and then Zenitsu and Inosuke kind of try to help join the fight uh, with Tanjiro after everything that's been going on but before they get to him this is when Tanjiro is kind of at the moment where he's like oh man am I seriously going to die before I have the chance to even defeat a single upper moon demon and sure enough uh, he's like, I am not going to give up, you know, kind of one of those moments where it's like, I can't afford to, what was all that training for? And, you know, Rengoku, I need to be stronger so that way no one dies on my watch, essentially, because he couldn't bear the loss from last time. Which, you know, felt for sure. And, uh, yeah, he goes, basically, now it's Tantra's turn to go full sicko mode. And uh, so as Daki is attempting to massacre more civilians in her roided-out state, Tanjiro ends up going full roided-out Hinokame Kagura state, essentially. And so this dude is basically clinching everything. I mean, there's no way in hell this guy's constipated now. Like, <laughs> he's literally pulling everything in his body. His eyes are bloodshot. He's clearly probably popped a couple blood vessels in his eyes. It's like, God damn, man, just relax. Just chill. You don't need to push yourself this hard. He's like, no, I must. So dude ends up straight up looking like uh, basically Ashura from the Ashura video game. It's like the best thing I can think of to describe it. 
uh, like you for a brief moment you actually see like the pupils in his eyes go just like almost completely white and he's just he's got all these veins in his bo- body popping out and shit and he eventually managed to kind of catch Doki with one hand and managed to rip one of her legs off and I'm like oh shit is that you Kenpachi sama Kenny-chan here we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> doing a little doom blast throw to the side I see what you did there <laughs> OP character going ham alright so then Hinokami Kagura he starts using that a bunch in this new state of his to try and get the drop on Daki and then there's a brief moment where you think to yourself just as things are heating up and getting good oh shit he might actually beat the upper moon demon himself goes in for the kill goes for you know the classic the head shot after previous attempts of trying to get a lock on her weak spot, you know, trying to follow the thread and it just her being able to evade and get them all out of sync earlier when she was not in her roided out state to now. And so he finally gets to a point where he's able to cut her head off. He actually gets the blade like into her neck and you think, oh, this is it. Please don't be a Rengoku. And sure enough, <laughs> She's got fucking fabric weaved into her body, so it's like meshed together with her. So if someone tries to behead her, well, now she has this extremely strong and powerful, roided out, upper moon demon level demon thread that's fused into her lining of her neck. So basically, her neck is now turned into the fabric, and the blade will not cut through because of how the fabric is shaped. And I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Bro, my favorite whole part about Tanjiro going like full sicko mode right there is when he was realizing that Hinokami Kagura wasn't like fully working to his, his best ability and that it was just going to wreck his body. So he, yeah. instead, what he does is he switches it up to water breathing with the oh Hinokami Kagura. Bro, tell me why I was standing screaming like Tanjiro. Dude, he's like. Dude, That's gotta be a new he, style. What do you call that? What like, do you call that? <laughs> Commodo style, like, bro. When this dude started doing the water breathing with the Hinokami, oh, right at dude. I was like, that, what if? That, well, that's what I was, I was like, saying to myself. Was like, right there. That is, is he like, smart enough to know to combine the two techniques? Can he even do it? Can he overlap the two techniques? Then he did it, and I was like, then he oh, did. No. And I was like, holy what shit! I never thought we'd see fuck? it. Dude, it? sun breathing, her, water breathing. What? How dude. pissed were you when her neck was just hanging there? On oh this my god, side, dude. Yeah, no, oh I was like, so pissed off. I was like, okay, so we got to this awesome climactic moment for his character and just the build up to it. I was like, oh my god, he might actually do it himself, which, you know, good for him, but I, I was like, oh, come on. Save some character development, some sweet kills for the other guys, come on. And sure enough, I was like, oh man, he's gonna steal the spotlight, isn't he? He's gonna get this one, it's gonna be over. Nope. Freaking goes for the headshot, you think it's gonna be done, and then pulls the freaking demon cloth wrapping around the neck at the last fucking second. I was like, god damn it. All you had to do was follow the damn train, CJ. All you had to do was cut the bitch's head off. Nope. So, turns out she is unable to be beheaded even at Tanjiro's current strength level and he tries so freaking hard 
to cut her head off so many times up to this point. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can bear to watch anymore. This this is just brutal. And then, uh, sure enough, I think at one point, uh, before Zenitsune and Nosuke could, because uh, I think it actually did get to a point where they were having trouble locating where the fight was happening, uh, looking for Tenzin and or possibly Tanjiro and just not being able to find them. And so at this point, still Tanjiro just kind of on his own, having to do what he can. And then, um, oh, what was it? Oh, yeah, no, no. And then it got to the point when that happened, and it looked like Tanjiro was about to get his ass beat again, and that he was about to die, and then sure enough, Nezuko jumps in while Tanjiro is trying to recover what little he can. I'm like, I don't know how the hell this kid's even alive right now. Like, he should be in cardiac arrest or something. Just from the sheer toll and strain on his body. And Nezuko shows up and starts doing, you know, her demon thing. And I and, think uh, uh, Nezuka showing up is where we'll have to stop. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry. No worries. No worries. It can only go on so long. That's fair. We'll pick it up with Nezuko. And Playing soccer with a girl. Of... Sure. And I love how Nezuko's for, like, instinct is just to drop freaking the most horrendous leg kicks known to man. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> well, I really like it when she does like the wind up in the air and then the Dude, foot comes it. down on the face every time. Oh, like it's watching them through a building. I was like, oh, that never it's a, gets. It's like Sasuke's lime barrage, dude. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what we'll pick up. Yeah. Bet. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, we'll see you. We next love you. Time. Stay weebish. <laughs>